turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. If you're a follower of Jesus, the Holy Spirit of God is indwelling. So he's already telling you. And so some of you, maybe, for some of you, he's telling we're good. Everything's great. For most of us, we hear a message like this. And we see areas of our life where we need to be more led by the Spirit. Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhill.org. That's missionhill.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. Good morning, church. So glad that you're here. Would you take your copy of God's Word and turn in the book of Romans to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. And I want to remind you, you need to follow along in your copy of God's Word because you need to make sure that what the preacher is is saying is true. You want to test what I say up against the written Word of, of God that you have there in the Bible. So whether it's a physical copy, as I have in my hand, or whether you use your phone or your iPad, if, if you don't have a Bible on your electronic device and you want to find that, just go to the search bar, and in the Google search bar, just type Romans 8 colon 12 and that'll take you right to where uh, we want to be today and and we look forward to opening God's word as we continue this series called brand new me there are few things in our Christian faith that are more misunderstood than the reality and the role of the Holy Spirit of God When I think about the Holy Spirit, I'm reminded that it's possible to appreciate the reality that something exists and yet be very confused about its purpose in our lives. I think about these four brothers that wanted to celebrate their mother. Anytime I hear a story about four boys, it just kind of makes me happy because we have four boys. These four boys had all grown up. Their mother was now elderly. They were successful in life. They had done very well. The time was coming for their mother's birthday celebration, and they each wanted to do something special, and truth be known, they all wanted to outdo the other. So one son, he decided that for her birthday, he was going to give her a brand new house. I mean, just think about that. A brand new, big house. So that's what he did. Uh, Another son... He uh, wanted to, to give her transportation wherever she wanted to go. So he went down to the Mercedes dealership and he brought her a brand new Mercedes. He picked out the best he could find and had it delivered to her house. I mean, that's just what he did. Uh, another son wanted to, to make sure she had the best entertainment available to her. So there next to her house, he built her a 50-person movie theater so that she could invite all of her friends and they could watch their favorite movies together. The final son, well, he had some challenges. But he knew that 
His mother loved to read her Bible. But she was growing old and her eyesight had dimmed. She couldn't really see the pages of Scripture. And so he heard about this preacher who had a parrot who could recite every verse in the Bible. So he went to talk to the preacher, and sure, sure enough, the, the parrot was for sale. It was very expensive, though, because the preacher told him that it had taken 12 different preachers 20 years to train this parrot to recite every verse in the Bible. So the preacher said, it's going to cost you. You're going to have to give a gift to my church every year for 20 years. You've got to give $100,000. The son thought, wow, that's a lot. But my mama, she's worth it. This is going to be a great gift. So they all gave their mother the gifts. The time came. She celebrated her birthday, and she sat down to write her thank you notes. To the first son, she, she said, Milton, I, I just want to thank you for the house that you built. It was huge. But you know, I live just in one room. I never go in the rest of it, but I have to clean it all. Thanks a lot. And she looked at her other son, Marvin. She wrote the note. Marvin, I'm, I'm too old to travel. I don't go anywhere. I don't leave the house. In fact, I have my groceries delivered. But I guess that car was a nice thought. Thanks so much. To Michael, she wrote, Michael, you gave me that expensive theater with Dolby surround sound. I'm sure it's incredible. 50 seats? But all my friends are dead. I don't have anybody to watch a movie with. And then she wrote to her son, Melvin. She said, Melvin, I love you so much. You're the only son who gave me a practical gift. It was so thoughtful. I'm so thankful. Thank you so much for that chicken. It was really good. <laughs> See, it, it's her eyesight. It's possible. It's possible to appreciate something and yet be very confused about its purpose. And I really think that's where many in the church are when it comes to the Holy Spirit of God. And so today we're going to talk about life in the Spirit. What does it look like when we live life in the Spirit of God? So we're in Romans chapter 8, perhaps the greatest chapter in all the Bible. In fact, we said that it starts with no condemnation. Let's read Romans 8 verse 1 aloud together. It's so good. Let's read this. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Say no condemnation. no condemnation. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, there's no condemnation in you. Isn't that great, church? Would you just give God praise? It starts with no condemnation, but it ends with no separation. Listen to this, Romans 8, 38. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life Neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. No condemnation, no separation. But we still have to live life on this side of heaven. 
And sometimes it's hard. So all that's sandwiched between those epic biblical truths of no condemnation and, and no separation is how we live out the Christ life. And Paul begins by telling us how we do that living in the Spirit of God. It's what we're going to talk about, beginning of verse 12. But before we read the scriptures, let's pray once more. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, speak. We're listening. Let our ears, our heart, our mind be receptive. God, I pray that you would free us from distractions, from that next item on our to-do list. God, we declare if we're going to get that which only you can give, it's going to take an effort on our part to hear from you. So work in this moment in ways that only you can work. Changing us, shaping us, molding us more and more into your image. Lord, someone who will hear these words needs that relationship with you. May that become crystal clear. Would your calling in their life result in a choice that they make to follow after you, to turn from sin and self, to trust in what you've done on the cross, Jesus? Lord, for many who are followers, Lord, our, our lives are not reflective of who you are. That's why we pray for restoration and relationship and revival in our hearts and minds. So, God, do it for your glory in us. Begin in me, Lord. Let the words I say and even my thoughts be pleasing to you, O God, my strength, my redeemer. And we say thank you for this. Even as I ask this in the mighty name of the one who saves, Jesus Christ, my Lord. Amen. Romans chapter 8, beginning in verse 12. Therefore, and Scripture keeps doing this, right? It gives us this word that causes us to pause, because anytime we see therefore, we have to look back and say, all right, now why is that there? What is it there for? And just before this passage of Scripture, we, we've had some pretty major things that we've been told. We've been told that God is living in us if we are in Christ. Don't miss that. If you are a follower of Christ, if you are living in Jesus, then God is living in you. The Spirit of God indwells you. In fact, in verse 9, it's just told us that if you don't have the Spirit of God living in you, then you don't belong to Christ. That's going to be important because right there, some of you have, have dealt with some confusion because somebody told you that you need to pray that you would have the Spirit of God. No, if, if you're a follower of Christ, you don't get an option without the Spirit of God. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God indwells you when you begin that relationship with Him. If you do not sense as we go through this time together that the Spirit of God is living in you, then according to Scripture, you don't belong to Christ. And you don't need to pray for the Spirit. You need to pray a prayer of repentance and salvation and ask Christ to come into your life and to take control. Hi, I'm Paul Purvis, the lead pastor of Mission Hill Church right here in Tampa Bay. Thanks for taking the time to listen to today's The Barnabas Effect. 
It's a ministry intended to encourage, equip, and empower you. You may not know this, but this ministry is made possible because of the generosity of listeners like you. We are able to be on the air because listeners like you are gracious and give to this ministry. Would you consider making a gift today? It would be our honor to send you a gift, a resource, as a result of your gift of any size. You can make that gift by going to missionhill.org and clicking on the banner that says The Barnabas Effect. That will direct you to a simple way that you can give right there online. Thanks again for listening to The Barnabas Effect today. And now we continue with our message. So that's what that's there for. Therefore, in light of that truth, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation. Oh, you understand what an obligation is, right? Like every month, maybe you get an obligation from Tico or from the cable company or from Netflix or or you name it. You have a responsibility. So in light of this tremendous privilege, in light of the privilege that God is living in you, you have this responsibility, this obligation. It's not to the flesh, though, to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption into sonship. And by him, we cry, Abba, Father. And the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. May God bless the, the reading of his word, which is perfect and true. I told you there's a lot of confusion about the Holy Spirit. In some circles, there's even talk about whether or not the Spirit of God is a person. I would remind you that we believe Scripture teaches in the Trinity, God in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The the Spirit is not some mystical force that you just feel when you've had an emotional experience at church or, or you feel like maybe there's something that's going on in your life. No, the Holy Spirit is a person of the Trinity. And the Bible, as we've said, teaches that when you begin a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit of God indwells you. And that's important because a recent study said that 67% of people like you, 67% of regular church attenders don't even believe that the Holy Spirit is a real living being. Scripture teaches that he is. According to Scripture, not only is the Holy Spirit real, but the Holy Spirit indwells every follower of Christ and gives us the ability to live for Christ in every aspect of our life, both on this side of eternity and he prepares us for eternity. So just on the outset, I I would say the question that you need to ask today is not whether or not you have the Spirit of God, but this, does the Spirit of God have you? You see, that's what Paul would teach later in Philippians, that I want to take hold of that one which has taken hold of me. 
So has the Spirit of God indwelled you? Are, are you living as a child of God? That's what I want you to think through. This passage teaches us that every follower of Jesus Christ should live their life in the Spirit of God. And so if that's the case, we need to know what that looks like, right? That's what I want to help you with today. I'm going to give you three simple things. We could give you more, but hopefully this will cover a lot of ground. First of all, when the Spirit lives in us, we have a new focus in life. What is our focus? See, some of you, as you've walked into this place, as you listen to these words, the focus of your life is to get an education, or the focus of your life is is to have a certain income, or or the focus of your life is to be in a a kind of relationship, or or you name it, those kinds of material things are the focus of your life. It's what you want, what you desire. You're the CEO. You're making the choices. You're not in the minority. You're actually in the majority, but that's not what it means to be a follower of Christ. When I become a follower of Christ, I've resigned as the CEO. And so I'm no longer led by my desires. This passage teaches us that we're led by the Spirit of God. That's what it says in verse 14. You are led by the Spirit. So your focus becomes those things that the Holy Spirit of God wants you to do. Remember, it says you have a new obligation. You could think of it this way. You have a new motivation. I used to be motivated by what I wanted to do. I'm now motivated by what the Spirit of God wants me to do. I'm no longer led by my desires or my longings. I'm led by the Spirit of God. Say, well, Paul, what does that look like? Well, the Paul who wrote in the Scriptures tells us in Galatians chapter 5. Look at these verses with me. Galatians chapter 5, beginning in verse 19. The acts of the flesh are obvious. So before we list these, let me explain what he's saying. If you're not being led by the Spirit, whether you realize it or not, it is obvious to everybody else. Other people see the outflow of what is leading your life. It's obvious to them. What does it look like? Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft. Hatred. See, we just went to a different level, didn't we? Some of us were feeling pretty good because we're not involved in witchcraft or idolatry in our minds, but hatred, discord, a divisive person who, as the proverb even this morning I read, says, stirs up contention, jealousy, fits of rage, an anger problem, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies. And then notice this phrase, and the like. <laughs> In other words, that's not the end of the list. Are you reading the mail? Do you understand what he's saying? It's obvious to others when you're doing those things that are not of God, they are ungodly, they are unholy. When that is what your life looks like, then the reality is you're not being led by the Spirit. You are being led by the flesh. And what he goes on to say is, I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. It's the same things he said in Romans chapter 8. If you're not being led by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God is not living in you, you may be very religious. But that doesn't make you a Christian. 
The great theologian Bono put it this way. You know Bono. He said, religion is what takes place when the Holy Spirit has left the building. So what does it look like when the Holy Spirit is indwelling you? That's what it goes on to say. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there's no law. So in other words, if you're being led by the Spirit, listen, church, if you're being led by the Spirit, those are the things that flow out of you. That's what's obvious to the people around you. And it becomes more obvious because in this world where, where the Spirit is not leading most people, you look different because most people don't look loving and joyful and peaceful and patient and kind and good and faithful and gentle and self-control. Most people look like the first list. But if the Spirit of God is bubbling within you, if He is indwelling you, you can't help but let those things flow out of you. So those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Oh, brother and sister in Christ that profess a faith in Him, are, are you being led by the Spirit? How do, I, how do I know? Okay, those are some attributes, but, but let me make it really practical. Let me give you five things that take place when we're being led by the Spirit. Number one, the Holy Spirit connects us. So um, when you were born, no matter how cute you were, and all babies are cute, but you were born a sinner separated from God. And that's because our great-grandparents, Adam and Eve, they blew it for all of us. They got kicked out of the garden. What did that mean? They were separated from God. And so ever since then, sin separates us from God. When we follow Christ and the Spirit of God indwells us, we are reconnected. You're connected with God. It speaks of intimacy, and Paul's going to speak of that more in a moment, so we'll move on. Number two, the Holy Spirit perfects us. Now, does that mean that we become perfect on this side of heaven? This means no. But here's what it does mean. That's what Paul says in Philippians. He who began a good work in you will be faithful to what? Complete it, which could also be said to perfect it. So the Holy Spirit's working on you, and even when you give up on yourself, he's not giving up. He, he's going to work in your life uh, to make you more like Jesus. He's perfecting you. But not only that, he does that by protecting you. The Holy Spirit protects us. Now, how does that look? Well, I've got the Holy Spirit dwelling within me. So I'm about to step out and make a choice that is very damaging to my life. It's not healthy. It's not a good choice. Let me just give you some illustrations. You're married You've been tempted for whatever reason. You're, you're about to make a choice to cheat. That is not a good choice. That's going to cause pain in your marriage, in your life, and all kinds of consequences. So if you're a follower of Christ, you may still have that temptation, but the Holy Spirit of God says, don't do it. Why? He's protecting you. The Holy Spirit protects us. And then as he protects us, he comes alongside us and the Holy Spirit corrects us. Aren't you thankful for the correction of the Holy Spirit? Because sometimes we take those steps and we do something we shouldn't have done even though we know we shouldn't have done it. That's what Paul said, right? I do the very things I hate to do and I don't do the things I know I should love to do. 
And so when we do that, the Holy Spirit indwelling us says, hey, buddy, um, that was sin. And, and you, you can't go on being in a right relationship with God and not deal with that sin. So literally the words in Scripture that are used for that kind of restoration are, are, are medical term. So when he restores us, it's like resetting a broken bone. He's getting us back into right relationship by correcting that which has been broken. And then finally, the Holy Spirit directs us. He's our guide. He, he shows us he shows us how to go. He shows us where to go. You say, really? How does that work? I mean, pastor, I mean, does, does God really speak to me? You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhill.org and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhill.org. And join us weekdays at 9 a.m. for The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis on Faith Talk AM 570 and 910.